and love is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. Welcome to Love Savers Radio, ministering the blessings of covenant. This is Walter and Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry, called by God to minister the blessings of the marriage covenant by enriching, encouraging, strengthening, and praying for the healing of marriages, especially marriages in crisis. Hi, Love Savers listeners. This is Keith Davis, the proprietor of the Golden Pear Cafes. As I enter my 30th year of marriage, I encourage you to seek the Lord's guidance and wisdom for your marriage, for He is the one who can help you day by day in building a lifetime of peace, joy, fond memories, and a beautiful family. When Anne walked into the Golden Pear to apply for a job as Golden Pear's first pastry chef, I had no idea that God had brought my future wife and mother of our three children literally to my front door. But that is exactly what he did. And although we have had our challenges and ups and downs, God has richly blessed our marriage and he gets the glory for our 30 years together. So I encourage you to seek God's will and use Love Savers as a resource to improve and bless your marriage. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Mark chapter 10, verse 9. Today's guest author is Jane Ives. She wrote the pastor's manual that presents guidelines for mentoring couples. It helps couples learn more about themselves and their future spouse and deals with potential problem areas before rather than after the wedding. Sandy talks with Jane Ives about her pastor's manual, Growing Love in Christian Marriage. Let's listen. Hi, Jane. Hello. We're going to be discussing growing love in Christian marriage. And I believe you helped the writing with Joan and Richard Hunt of the original, and you did with your husband, uh, Clifton, write Growing Love in Christian Marriage, the Pastor's Manual. That's correct. Yes, and... uh, What made you want to write on this subject? Well, I was happy to get the invitation to work on this project because my husband and I um, first participated in a marriage enrichment event in 1974 when we'd been married about 15 years. And we learned so much from that experience about um, understanding ourselves and each other and communication skills. So we have wanted to use every opportunity to share those learnings with others. And we became trained as a leader couple and have been busy advocating for the church to be more proactive in offering relationship education. And then I connected with Richard Hunt at a Smart Marriages conference, and he told me about the project to update and revise the original materials, which were written in the 80s. And the Hunts wrote the original couples uh, edition, and Leon and Antoinette Smith, who wrote the original pastor's manual, were in ill health at the time, 
So Richard asked me if I would be interested in doing it, and the publishing house agreed. Very good. I'm so glad. Who are these Growing Love and Christian Marriage resources for? These are for couples either preparing for a marriage or at any stage in their married life, although they're designed as marriage preparation. The material and the exercises are useful for couples who've been married any number of years. Right. And why is a resource, do you think, like this needed? Because there are specific uh, skills and there's knowledge that is essential for developing a healthy, lifelong relationship. And most of us only know about relationships, what we learned in our family of origin, and that may or may not have been healthy and helpful. Um, there's been a lot of research done in recent years to actually learn what kinds of behaviors build positive relationships and what kinds of behaviors and communication do not help. Right. Can only pastors use the manual and counsel couples, the pastors? No. No, no. Um, actually, well, pastors and pastoral counselors uh, or counselors uh, in the public sector, but also we're excited about the idea of training mentor couples within a congregation to use these materials. And a whole chapter in the pastor's manual describes how a church can expand its marriage preparation and enrichment program by training and supervising mentor couples. Um, choose couples in your congregation who've been married long enough to have had vital learning experiences and who are open to sharing and also to continue to grow in their own relationship. And uh, if the church trains couples like these, then it can also, uh, you know, do the pairing up of couples that are seeking marriage preparation. And we do have a number of United Methodist churches that have strong mentor-couple programs. Couples could use the material on their own privately, but we think processing with an experience guide leads to the best learning. Right, that makes a lot of sense. I liked what you said when you talk about uh, what a mentoring couple should be, and you say it can't be a couple that thinks they're perfect. Absolutely not. <laughs> they, Absolutely right, not. And they, there's no such thing. Yeah, and they have to be loving, and they have to not be judgmental, right? Right, yes, right. That's so important. Right. Why is the couple's manual only available in packages of two? Because it's extremely important for each individual in the couple to read and process the materials on his or her own. And there are places in the book to write responses to the exercises before sharing with the partner and then with the counseling pastor or mentor couple. There is a questionnaire in the couple's manual that um, is part of the process, too. Yeah, that's that, really fantastic. I mean, it just it, covers it, everything. Such well, important and that's things. Of, yeah. yeah, to consider yeah. before marriage. Yeah. 
We recently were, my husband was invited to perform a wedding ceremony, and we met with a couple um, six times over the course of a year, um, not just to play on the wedding, but to really build a foundation for a strong marriage. So what we did was at the first session, we introduced the materials and gave them the couple's manuals and had them complete the questionnaires in the couple's book right there so it would be done and not something they had to do and send back to us. And then we had them to interpret and prepare for our next session with them. Uh, and in the question, when they have done the questionnaire, uh, we gave them some, we talked about the wedding itself, of course, and then we assigned them uh, during the time between our meetings to work in the first section of the couple's manual, to read through it individually, see what exercises caught their interest, and plus some, well, we would later recommend some specific exercises based on their responses to the questionnaire. And so we did that at each of the next sessions through the four sections of the book, and we had them share how this went for them, what they learned, what they, you know, what questions they had, uh, what puzzled them. And we also inquired about the results of specific exercises we had recommended. We also used, along with us, some of the tools from our Better Marriages training guiding them to talk to each other using the skills. Uh, so for ex- yeah, what okay. are the tools couples gain as they prepare to move forward in marriage? Well, I think the tools are specific, but they also fall into categories. And the first one is self-awareness. If we, It's so important to understand how we perceive life, how we automatically react to different kinds of situations, um, how we've been shaped by our family of origin and other experiences, our habits and, and the feelings and how well we are in touch with and can share our feelings. So the self-awareness is kind of the first basic area. And then um, other awareness and the realization that this person that you're going to marry or are already married to is a different person and so has a different point of view and different life experiences and different habits and feelings that they bring some, you know, to the same experience. That we might be in a situation and the wife would react one way and the husband another. Well, that's a great opportunity for learning. So then the communication skills that we teach related to that are basically the eye messages and active listening that came out uh, some years ago in the parent effectiveness and teacher effectiveness training programs. Uh, And it's the idea that um, we never say, we never start a sentence with you, but we start with I feel or I need or because if you make a judgment about the other person, you may very well be wrong. But if you share about yourself, no one can argue with you about that. And then active listening involves listening to understand, not planning your rebuttal while the other person is speaking, but listening to really understand the other person's point of view and experiences 
And that's where real growth takes place. Right. And often uh, repeating it, right? Like, um, I heard you say yeah. such and such. Yeah. Is this what you meant? This is what yes. I said. This is what I heard. Right? Is that yes. what you meant? This is, oh, yes. This is what we call giving feedback. Uh-huh. And we often, when we're working with a couple, and we did with this last couple that we worked with this past year, we'll sit them face-to-face talking to each other and have one of them make a statement. And the other person feedback, you know, practice it because it sounds so awkward and um, not natural at first. But when you see how often the person does not feedback correctly what the first person was trying to say, then you realize how important uh, it is to learn that skill. Right. Uh, You talked um, a little while back about the foundations. You get into the foundations that make for a successful marriage. Do you want to share some of those, what you consider the foundations for a successful marriage? Well, to some extent, shared values uh, would be an important foundation and goals and shared goals, and I think um, a common attitude of of not just saying what's in it for me, but how can I make this relationship work best for you, uh, that kind of a sharing. Death to self, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why do you feel it's important for engaged couples to discover each other's background and family and relatives and friends? <laughs> because it has much more of an impact than anyone expects. Right. They and think they're may- just marrying that person, and they don't right. understand that they're really marrying the whole family into the whole family. Right, and also because... During the, you know, they sometimes say that during the engagement or attraction, initial attraction and romance stage of a relationship, uh, that we're on drugs in a sense because our mind is, uh, our brains are crazy. Well, they're secreting oxytocin, the feeling good chemicals and kind of things like that. Yeah. And so, so it makes you overlook differences or overlooked behaviors that, you know, once you've been married for a while and some of that initial spark wears off, those things can turn out to be great problems. Right. You spend some time talking about to tell all or not. Would you discuss your opinions about that? Because there are varied and differing opinions on that subject. I think it just depends on the situation. I wouldn't make a rule about it. But a a Uh good thing to say, to ask yourself, um, how is this that I'm hesitating to tell going to impact our relationship, especially if it gets found out later? On the other, uh, kind of a slightly different approach to that same theme, we often tell couples that if there is a feeling or a need that you don't, that you're afraid to express, you probably need to communicate it. Uh If you're feeling fearful about telling the other person 
something that's dissatisfying you or something that's frustrating you because if you don't talk about it, it's going to fester under the rug, you know? Yeah, better to bring things to the light if it's personal problems between you, right? Um, Yeah. If you're talking about that aspect of it, yeah. If you marry and then you would like to leave because you talk about what God feels from the beginning that he hated divorce and you totally agree with that but you understand what's happening today and you see some situations where this might have to where it might be a road of choice so if you have to leave your marriage, what do you suggest you do about it? In what way can you talk to your partner or with others about it? You talk about that. Well, there's a whole um, field of what is called divorce discernment which and a spe- specific approach uh, working with couples to, you know, listen to each of the persons and find out what their feelings and needs are that are not being met and why it is that they feel they need to leave the relationship and see if they would be willing to commit to an all-out attempt to uh, restore the marriage, like, say, for six months, to put divorce off the table and really give it an all and try and see what you can do. Um, I think that kind of an opportunity could make a huge difference because one of the things the research has found is that couples who are unhappy, five, if they stay together five years later, with or without intervention or support, they're usually happier because they've made adjustments. So I think people are maybe sometimes too quick to divorce, but certainly I would never encourage anyone to stay in an in abusive situation. Right. What are the three basic ways people cope with situations uh, to which you attack negative feelings? Uh, you may be looking at page 45 in the couple's book. Yeah, 47, um, right. The, it starts okay. with the flight, right. You can... Right. So that either to either flight or fight right. or reorientation. Now that's very typical, and it's one of the things that happens in a relationship. There is usually one party who is more inclined to disappear if there's conflict, and the other party is more inclined to fight to come on aggressively. And I, I just. I'm so taken with the imagery in it's in um, most of the Imago programs. They talk about the hailstorm and the turtle. And in a couple, there's usually a hailstorm, a person who blows up all over the place when when dissatisfied, and the other person is the turtle who, when there is a hailstorm going on, pulls back into his or her shell and uh, is not available. <laughs> to work things out. So that's kind of a pattern in helping couples to see that what their pattern is and for the person who's the hailstorm to calm it down a little bit and learn to express anger without attacking, which 
is a very important skill. And then the person who who usually flees the turtle, who usually wants to get away from any kind of conflict, you know, to encourage them, help them feel safe in talking about things. And that's why sometimes, either in a group setting or working with a counselor, uh, a, a couple can be guided to do that. For one, to express um, a need or a concern without attacking, calling names, without getting all bent out of shape, and just state it as a fact. Because differences are a fact. They're a fact of life. Uh And we tend to think that if we proclaim our point of view strongly enough, we'll convince the other person that we're right. One of my favorite marriage enrichment writers, Susan Page, used to say that being right is the booby prize. (laughs) Because if you prove to the other person that you're right, you're certainly not making them feel very comfortable in the relationship. That's correct. When should one, do you think, seek professional help in their relationship? Sooner than people usually do. Uh And I think, and see, my contention is that churches should offer more marriage education just kind of in general to everybody, Uh, not just not for people in crisis, but you advertise that this is for couples in good marriages who want to make them stronger and happier. And it helps you to um, file off some of the rough edges and learn some things the easy way rather than the hard way of causing each other a lot of pain first. But I think. Go ahead. I wanted to go back to what you said about fight or flight because. Right, that reorientation, yeah. Right. But um, David and Vera Nace were the founders of the Association for Couples and Marriage Enrichment, which has become, uh, it's now called Better Marriages, www.bettermarriages.org, I believe. And they're. Maxim was always never waste a good conflict because a conflict is growth trying Uh to happen. Right. And it's a wonderful opportunity for learning. Yeah. There are books written on it fight your way through marriage, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yes. Um, The lessonlessly parent actually have a fight night. Yeah, we did an interview with them, right. As well, yeah, and we've done interviews with many of the people that you you mention as Mm -hmm. resources, and I was so impressed Mm -hmm. with your resource list. It's just Mm -hmm. phenomenal on on every subject in marriage, you know? Yeah, Yeah. that was what was really so terrific, you know? Right. what are positives that can be done to um, really grow love in marriage, would you say? The positives. Well, one of the images that some of the researchers and writers and presenters use, I think it's his name, begins with H. Not, not Harvo Hendricks, that's Imago. Um, I'm, it's, well, anyway, it's the image of 
putting money in the bank or putting fuel oh, in the love tank and in a yeah. person's love tank to to consciously and frequently do Willard things. Harley. Hmm? Harley. Yes, yes, yes. yes we interviewed correct. him you, also, right. Okay. All yes, right. Well, this right. work is is right on. I mean, yes. because you know when people when people get restless in their marriage and think that the grass might be greener on the other side of the fence, what may be happening is that on the other side of the fence, the grass is being nourished and it's being starved within the marriage. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really important to tend your own field, tend your own garden. And make sure, and and check in often because you make agreements in marriage that you think um, will last, and then you discover that they pinch, that you're not happy with them. When I was first married, um, almost 60 years ago, it was a, the culture was different. My mother was a, a homemaker. And I wanted to be that. I wanted to cook and sew from scratch and do all those lovely things. Uh-huh. But as I, as I, uh, as the years wore on, and I wanted to be a, a professional person too. I was right. trained to be a teacher. It began to pinch, and I right. had to learn to say to my husband, "I really don't want to be doing all of these things." And the funny thing was that he grew up with a mother who was already a liberated woman before it was popular. And she trained him to do the laundry, to do the house cleaning, to take care of his baby sister, and paid him for it. And so he he didn't mind doing those things, but I was the one who said, oh, no, that's my role. Well, I, I changed my mind, and I had to learn to express that without being angry. You know, but just say things are different now. I just need more help. Right, right. Would you give us any last-minute thoughts along with where our readers can purchase the books and resources, your website? Well, the books are available at Cokesbury. Yeah, it is It is cokesbury.com. Well, thank you so much for this wonderful well, interview. And I highly recommend them for pastors and couples and mentors. And mm-hmm. um, I love that section on mentors. And we'll just mm-hmm. have to say goodbye and God bless for okay. now. And and God bless you as well. Thank you so Appreciate much. Appreciate your work. Okay. Okay. Bye now. Bye bye. Let's talk about marriage, sponsored by Love Savers Ministry. This is Sandy Fox, ministering the blessings of covenant. Love can be defined in lots of ways, but in marriage, I love you really means I promise to be there for you all of my days. It is a promise that says I'll be there when you lose your job, your health, your parents, your looks your confidence, your friends. Since God keeps his promises, we must keep ours too, especially the one we made before God, our family, our friends, and to each other when we said, I do. I've heard the most important 15 words we can say are, I was wrong, I am sorry, please forgive me, I love you, 
I need you. If you want prayer for your marriage, please call Love Savers, 917-804-5034. That's 917-804-5034. And remember, love never fails. My darling, come to me. Sit you down easily And rest a while Near the soft firelight Cold is the night But warm is my heart with pride Having you by my side You're still my guiding light After all these years Your soft assuring ways The rock I lean on Saw me through my darkest days When all hope had gone You're still the only one I'll ever hold near And I love you After all these years Time from me passes on and I'm growing old A lifetime nearly gone I cannot unfold Nights dark and cold But warm is your